welcome to the Supergirl Supercast. I'm Trish E.M. And I'm Brianna Toiber. And today we are talking about Season 4, Episode 2, Fallout. Supergirl is sad as President Olivia resigns, but still stops some fights, gives a fine speech about how great it would be if people were nice to each other for a change, and stands behind the new president. Nia asks James to publish an editorial against the rising alien bigotry. James argues that the middle ground allows them to change minds, but after a cruel, practical joke in the office, he starts writing one. Mercy hacks Elcorp to break all image inducers, but Lena fends off the attack. Mercy and her team then break into Elcorp, but Kara and Lena eventually capture her. Otis and Mercy manipulate Jensen to free them. They use the apparently stolen dispersal bomb with kryptonite. Supergirl falls from the sky. Brainy goes for pizza to solve problems. However, when his image inducer fails, he only gets hate. Luckily, Nia Nal is there to fight the hate. Brainy is shocked and is otherwise ineffective the entire episode. John is looking for Fiona. He breaks into her apartment, finds a sad cop, and ends up at an Agent Liberty hate rally. There, there was quite a lot going on in this show. And I think one of my first notes about the fact that the alien president is... Now she's concerned about the fact that her not being born in the United States violates the law. Yeah, I mean, clearly she didn't have a problem with it when she, you know, violated the Constitution by running for president and then taking the oath of office and becoming president. It's just when she got found out that that became a problem. But it's a nice face-saving way for her to step down for the presidency without actually waiting to be impeached, which certainly would have happened. Yeah, and it also led to, um, when Kara went to go talk to Lena, there was, like, the start of a conversation, like, the, the start of conversation that sort of shows, like, the differences in how they look at things, because when Lena says, shouldn't humans be as strong as aliens... And you can see Carr was about to say something when Eve walked in and let them know that they were being hacked. Right. Yeah, uh, Supergirl clearly does not care for the idea that humans might enhance themselves to become as powerful as she. <laughs> she's, she's, she really likes being the savior who flies in. Well, also because some people don't handle power very well. Quite true. Some people handle power really badly, yeah. um, but you know that doesn't make it Supergirl's prerogative to to say. But she didn't actually say humans shouldn't be as powerful as me. She just it just the the thought obviously crossed her mind. <laughs> yeah, and it it also like that like side Lena said of the conversation. It might not have have ever occurred to her. Mm-hmm. Right. Like she's never thought about it that way because she's not human. Right. Well, you know, Lena really, really likes to be in control of situations, and uh, it seems quite natural to me that her thought would be, if I can't be super, I can build a super suit. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that makes perfect sense. And uh, uh, I wonder if the Harun L has anything to do with the suit, or if that's just another project entirely. Yeah. I was half expecting with one of Mercy's lines, like I was half expecting her to be going after the Harunel. Yeah. Um, speaking of lines and Mercy, that is one of the flattest toned actresses I've seen on this show. She really seems just uh, robotically slotted into a bad guy role here. 
she did have some good lines, like when she was about to face off with Lena in the end, where it's like, Lena's not like, where Kara's like, Lena's not a murderer. And Mercy's response was, maybe that's because she hasn't tried it yet. Which, of course, we know that Lena actually did try to be a murderess. She just uh, uh, was intercepted before actually carrying it out. I mean, murder in self-defense, kind of, murdering a guy who was trying to murder her. But still, shooting some, tracking a guy and shooting him. <laughs> yeah. Also, I, I would just love to appreciate take a moment to appreciate the fact that the character named Mercy just super casually <laughs> murders a random guy in the elevator. Yeah. Who just I mean, happened to have this super important laptop and kryptonite on him. Yeah, don't get onto an elevator with a stranger when you're carrying the briefcase with all the secrets on it and, um, and the kryptonite. That's just, uh, you know security protocol you don't carry all those important things around with you and get into an an elevator with a stranger <laughs> yeah i mean like would that happen i was kind of expecting him to be actually an alien but no it was just a random guy but like this this episode had a lot of sort of like really good moments in it like there mm -hmm. was that it doesn't really make sense but then you find out later it makes exact sense and like it it makes perfect sense mm -hmm. when you find out why they did it and it was because they wanted to take out the image inducers right and that was a really interesting um part of the episode when brainy is getting pizza and his image inducer suddenly fails um and the pizza chef massimo uh calls to the guys in back to come out and help him beat up this alien. I thought that was really interesting, you know, the moment, uh, Brainy's expressions, cub reporter Nia coming to his defense. I was so proud of her. Yes. My notes for that section include, oh no, oh no, oh no, they killed the image inducers. Mm -hmm. In parentheses, that's kind of genius. <laughs> yeah. And in all caps, I am so proud of Nia. Mm -hmm. Also, I ship it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I did like his awkward little, you know, I would like to be friends. Can we do that? <laughs> that was a cute moment. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I feel like he's adapting better to interacting with people in our mm -hmm. time. Because like, I feel like that could have been what caused his awkwardness as he was used to a different sort of conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also you see a lot of that in like he's he, you see him sort of struggling and he's upset about what happened and he's he's kind of hurt and it's it's heartbreaking because it's like he knows it gets better. He just didn't know it, what he never I don't think he ever expected to have to deal with that kind of racism. Right. Well, to him, it was a footnote in history, and now he realizes that he's going to have to live through this painful period. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he was hurt because, you know, he hadn't been revealing his true self, but he had been, you know, Barney, the guy who gets pizza f from this place. You know, Barney is my pizza and coffee name. And That's adorable. It was. And, you know, he was just so hurt that, you know... 
the uh, Massimo, the pizza guy, just treated that as a further act of betrayal rather than a building block of um, friendship. Yeah. I have one question about that one Italian place, though, is how many Italian places sell coffee? I mean, I don't know. It it didn't look like, you know, linen, linen tablecloth kind of Italian place. Um, so they presumably would not reserve coffee just for dessert. <laughs> I've just tried to figure out why Nia ended up going there for espresso. It does seem like an odd choice, but uh, we'll we'll just chalk it down to conservation of characters and... Uh, and they needed her to be there. And meet cute. <laughs> Except this was uh, a little more than meet cute. Oh, I was, I was so proud of her. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we find out later when she is urging James to do something more than uh, balanced reporting and actually take an editorial stand. We find out that um, she she's a transgender woman and um, she has faced discrimination on her own. And that was part of what impelled her to uh, stand up for Brainy. And James still doesn't seem quite convinced by that. But by the end, then there's an, an act of... Uh, some would call it pranking and some would call it discrimination at the uh, CatCo office. Yeah, the one guy that was like a, wasn't any like a dyad or a dryad? Maybe. I couldn't tell whether, you know, he was a druid and she was pranking his, you know, making fun of his religion or if he's actually a dryad, which I don't think we've had characters out of mythology on uh, Supergirl, but I yeah, I watched it with the subtitles and it said dryad. Okay. And it it could be possible that the dryads from mythology were actually aliens. That could be a thing. Oh, point. Yeah. Either okay. that or they just happen to have the same name and she just borrowed something from mythology for a <laughs> really stupid joke and that's a really Right. really not nice way to out someone. Right. Well, that was Mackenzie, and we already know we weren't supposed to like her because she got the assignment last time on uh, fa oh, the fashion her. district. Yes. <laughs> I completely forgot who she was. Right. Honestly, I don't think I really cared who she was. <laughs> right. She's the one who last time, you know, uh, nipped in with her fashion district idea before our girl Nia, who is you know, young Kara, uh, sort of. I want Nia to meet Cat Grant. <laughs> She's gonna take over the world someday. She's awesome. <laughs> right. Well, um, I I did wonder if we might see Cat Grant trying to help um, President Linda Carter with damage control today, but uh, I think I think uh, the actress is really done with the show. Sadly, um. <laughs> I love her so much. I'm like. This would be the perfect time for her to come back and be like, basically setting everyone down. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so you are all being really, really stupid. Well, we have plenty of people on the show telling people that uh, they're being stupid. So I guess that's pretty much covered. <laughs> like, and they started it out with like the thing in the beginning. And I have to see the whole scene in the beginning where there's like the unity crowd and the death to the aliens crowd and right. not gonna, with how that looked it looked like the 
let's be peaceful and accepting crowd started running to attack the other crowd first? Um, I I didn't catch it. Sorry, I didn't catch which one attacked first. Um, it just, it emotions of, were certainly running high on both sides. It kind of looked like they were the more peaceful side was rushing forward. I'm just saying, like, um, guys, why don't you practice what you preach? Because that's not a really good way to reinforce what you say, but... The thing where the like the American flag started to fall, <laughs> yes, it very almost symbolic. divided the crowd. <laughs> Super like saves it, plants it in the ground, and is standing right. there holding it with her hand on her hip. <laughs> and I was expecting a much more epic line than "This is the time to talk, not fight." I I wanted more out of that line. It was the moment for an epic line, and it didn't happen. Um, but speaking of mixed messages, I was also, I, it kind of jarred me a little bit every time the alien haters were yelling traitor, traitor, because traitor is when you betray your own country and for them to be calling the aliens traitors, you know, either the aliens belong to earth and so, you know, they shouldn't be hating the aliens or they never belonged to the earth and so they're not betraying it they might be fifth columnists or something when they're yelling at the aliens it does feel weird but when they're yelling it at humans siding with aliens mm. yeah that's that... true otis either otis or or liberty was using the phrase earth traitor i think they all used it at some point okay all right yeah and then the the later at the end, when Captain Liberty is uh, revving up the crowd with his hate speech, you know, they end up with the Earth First uh, chant. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was just me, but I had this weird moment when, like, we were talking with the vice president. I was, like, I was half expecting there to be, like, a random reveal that he's actually the um, agent of liberty guy. Well, he might I, be, but given that, you know, I, I hope he's not because I don't want, yeah. uh, I don't want Bruce B Boxleitner's character to turn out to be evil. I don't think they're gonna do that, but it's just, like, somehow, like, for some reason, like, the way they were sort of setting things up, it felt like that was the way it could possibly go. It would certainly be an amazing heel turn if, if he does turn out to be evil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but from her birth, you're also talking to someone that's looking into game writing, so my my brain's like, you know, if you set it up like this, it could go this way, or it could go this way. Yeah. Well, that role was actually originally going to be played by Brent Spiner, and then something happened, uh, and they recast Bruce Boxleitner instead. I don't know if that's for real life, you know schedule inconveniences or something like that, or if they decided to take the character in a slightly different direction. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, let's see. What else did I want to... Oh, I forgot to mention, um, uh, Jean... I mean, while all of this A and B plot stuff is happening, Jean Jones is trying to track down Fiona, and he doesn't get very far, but I'm happy that they put in a few minutes of it on this show so that, you know, that didn't get forgotten during this episode. Yeah. I just... Is Fiona human? I don't think so. I'm not... Uh, yeah, because I'm like, I'm not sure. We haven't seen, like, explicit proof that she is alien. But she was attending the alien support group meeting. 
True. Although maybe it's her boyfriend who's the alien. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. Also, um, it looked like she... Because I could have sworn she was killed. Like, it looked like she got killed, but maybe she didn't? Um, she definitely got stabbed. I don't know if it was fatal or not. Yeah. I kind of hope she's still okay, although I'm not 100% sure why they would keep her alive. True. I don't know. But I, I feel like whatever happened to her, she's going to be kind of, she's going to be the key to somehow them finding out who the Agent of Liberty is, possibly. Mm. Mm-hmm. She she might sort of start John on the path that leads him to figuring it out. Right. Well, John was at the meeting that where, where Liberty was talking, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll be doing his best to find out who this guy is and what he's up to. Yeah, I mean, he does have that added benefit, which the show teams to forget. He can read people's minds. Sean can uh-huh. read people's minds. Oh, right. So he should be able to <laughs> just go, unless the helmet that he's wearing protects him from telepathic Jean, just like Magneto's helmet protects him from uh, Professor X. <laughs> yeah, well... At least this year we actually have a kind of interesting villain, even though we have no idea what his actual motivation is. Right. That, that's kind of refreshing not to know what he's, his actual... Unless, yeah. you he know, it would be kind of dis... Right, he has a personality. And he's racist. Yes. <laughs> we know just enough. <laughs> right. Well, uh, clearly that storyline is going to be at least the arc of this season. Of uh, I mean, this half of the season. So, so yeah, it, it certainly would have seemed like ending things too soon if um, Mercy and Otis had... What a disparity of names. Mercy and Otis, brother and sister, had stayed in their, um, in their cells in the DEO basement. Um, so it... And, you know, they started off the episode uh, pretty close to the top with the DEO agents arguing with each other about the mission. So it's not at all surprising that one of the uh, agents turned and uh, yeah. let let the uh, the violent racists go. Yeah, like the second I saw him, I'm like, we got an issue right there. But yeah, so I feel like we haven't really covered that much about. The friendship between Lena and Mercy. Yeah, we do need to talk about that. I was kind of surprised to hear that they had had a close relationship and that Lena had felt like Mercy was kind of a big sister to her because it wasn't it's mentioned. never been mentioned <laughs> before. You know, it's always been about how isolated Lena was. And, oh, she had a big sister figure for a while. Yeah, wow. she, she had a mom friend. Mm-hmm. But I I think it was mostly because like it sounded like Mercy and Lex were dating, and then when they and that's when she sort of like adopted Lena, and then when Mercy and Lex sort of like broke up or separated or whatever happened, that's when she sort of lost her. Which I'm I kind of worry about Lena, although I know she's she's not going to be manipulated. Yeah, I mean, I guess they brought this thing up, up, you know, in the in the conversation, um, when when uh, Kara was asking Lena for help in tracking down Mercy. I guess it made the end battle a little more dramatic, but it still 
it didn't really grab me. Yeah. Just because I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've already been thinking of, of Lena as a person who's always been isolated. And I guess just being dropped by Mercy when uh, Mercy and Lex dropped out, uh, broke up, that could increase her feelings of isolation. But yeah. it just, I don't know. It didn't really quite work for me. Also, it sounds like sort of Mercy helped teach her how to fend for herself. Yeah. Which I'm like, I, I can respect that, but I just... Mercy sounded like, it sounds like she started out as a good person, but just, I feel like something has happened between the Lena, between the Mercy that Lena knew and mm-hmm. the person she is now, and I want to know what happened. Yeah. Why does she hate aliens so much, and is it possibly because it was an alien that sort of, maybe, you know, I sort of stole Lex from her or something? Maybe? Hmm. Well, she didn't, part of the reason she broke with uh, up with Lex was that he was so obsessed with uh, another alien, um, Superman. Yeah. But that... Yeah, I I guess one could turn one's anger against the aliens instead of against Lex. I really hope it's a better motivation than that, but I can see it being that. It seems more like a reason to walk away from the issue completely, but people aren't always rational. Yeah. So anyway, at the end, uh, they they are fighting in the lab. Well, actually, let's not skip right there. Let's talk about this crazy... Um, <laughs> seen at El Corp in the attack when <laughs> when Kara when is trying. Kara so Kara hard. was pretending to be such a coward. Can't I just hide in a closet somewhere? And Lena kept saying, "No, believe I'll me, the safest you. place is right next." It was so funny. Um, it was. Uh, I mean, if Lena doesn't, if Lena didn't know before that Kara was Supergirl, she should certainly know. After this little episode, once she takes five minutes to think about it. She hired terrible marksmen. They all missed me. I'm like, they were three feet away from you. <laughs> yeah, that's... I could have hit her. Right. Um, first of all, why did Lena and Kara... Lena lead Kara and Miss Tessmacher out of, you know, their semi-safe area in the first place... Why doesn't Lena have a better way to get to the control center than running across, you know, corridors where lots of people can see them? You know, a, a, a corridor past an atrium. There should be a better escape route to her safe room. Um. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's not very safe. Right. And the second that she... Because, like, she's known for a while that Mercy's been up to something mm-hmm. that is anti-alien. So why didn't she start fixing the defenses that she knew Mercy set up? Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, well, I can just, you know, if I can just do a few keystrokes, I can stop uh, Mercy from ever hacking into our database again. Well, why didn't you do it before? <laughs> she might she might have honestly never expected that Mercy would go for the image inducers. Well, that was a pretty brilliant move, you know, it if the uh, f- for the anti-alien movement to... to Realize that a lot of these image inducers were being sold and then go after the image inducers so that suddenly the aliens living among humans would all have their disguises dropped at once. That's a pretty brilliant way to go after the alien population. 
Yeah. To reveal them, to make people angry, and, you know, put the mark on them. And they they were partially successful, brainy, as well as mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other aliens that we never got to see. Right. Could potentially have been outed in very public places, and you would have to know they've been hiding for a while. And mm-hmm. I'm th- I'm just going to guess that most of the aliens that were first in line to get these image inducers were mm-hmm. the ones where it was the most obvious. There's no way people didn't notice. Right. And they just got outed to a bunch of people that are probably, like, th- there's going to be a lot of aliens in trouble. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me of something that I saw, that I noted in the first episode is do, the al- do a lot of the sli- kind of, like, out-and-about aliens have, like, car on speed dial? Because the one that mm. got attacked in the last episode, like, he, he punched a number in his phone and boom, she showed up. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Kara specifically or the DEO that has these little alert buttons. But I do remember hearing about the alert buttons at some point last yeah. season. Yeah, just a thought. But yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm glad that we've already seen people standing up to defend them. So, mm-hmm. I know things are going to get worse in this show, but there's get I want I'm excited to see what good shines through. Right. So, um let's see. So, anyway, uh eventually um uh Eve Tessmucker splits off. Uh Kara is still with uh Lena and then um Mercy confronts Lena uh and Kara and shots are fired. Well, first they have a dialogue. <laughs> Tess says do you remember hiding your little inventions, Lena said, from Lex? And Lena said, yes, he, he would say that they were cute and I ought to paint them pink. And uh, uh, somehow um, Mercy gets from that to saying that Lena is not living up to her full potential. Um, She's doing and- good. It's not her, like, it, it's... Why is it a bad thing that Bradley was not a racist? Well, I guess she's a Luther, so she's supposed to be racist, according to Mercy. Um, But she's uh, better than that. Yeah. um, As as Supergirl points out a few minutes later, it's not that uh, Lena doesn't deserve the Luther name. It's that the Luthers don't deserve Lena. Um, but before that, there, Lena says something that really, really interested me. Um, she says that, uh, Lena says that Mercy is the one that, who's not living up to her full potential because she chose a side. Um, and that means that Lena thinks the ultimate is not choosing a side. And, you know, that's the way you get to be everything is by not taking sides, rising above it all, and I suppose using everybody. <laughs> yeah, I... I mean, I, it's hard to read it other than that. Maybe yeah, you that, have a different reading on it. By, yeah, I guess by not choosing a side, then you can sell bullets and bandages and not have to worry about it. <laughs> um, But yeah, that really makes me wonder a lot about what it what kind of end game Lena might be playing toward um because you know I thought she had learned her lesson before about 
uh, oh, you know, with building the gate that turned out to be an invasion hole to come for for aliens to come to Earth instead of a great power source or something. I thought she had kind of uh, had some lessons about playing with big power before you really understand it. But you know, maybe maybe she just really really wants power. Well, it, I guess in a way, like I don't know. Maybe she's just not going to, well, she, um, hopefully she's at least learned to not trust random aliens that approach them and say, he, <laughs> can you please make me a portal? Right. Um, I, she probably has learned that lesson, at least. I think in a way, though, like, even though she is hasn't, like, blatantly chosen a side, she is creating and using very advanced technology to help aliens hide themselves. Mm-hmm. And... I don't like. Maybe I don't know if she how if she's selling them for a lot of money. Like, yeah, she's making a lot of money off of them, but that could just be maybe because she's buying, selling a lot of them. We don't know how much she's selling each of them for versus how much they would actually like cost to produce and all that. Right. So she is helping. Mm-hmm. She's just maybe not necessarily going to get down on the ground and fight for one side. Yeah. I don't know what it means. In her brief interactions with Supergirl, there's just after Kara slash Supergirl said the line about the Luther name doesn't deserve her. Mm-hmm. The look Lena gave her was like sort of like genuine gratitude. So I feel like maybe they she might start be starting to sort of respect Supergirl again, which is impressive after everything that happened last season. Maybe, but she also gave her a pretty cold look when, uh, right when Supergirl flew in and saved her, um, Lena says, I'd ask how you got past the lockdown, but, and then Supergirl implies that Lena should just be happy that she came in and rescued her without asking about that. And Lena does not look like she's just happy <laughs> to oh, be rescued. you know she's going to review the security footage? <laughs> and you know what she's going to see? I do. Kara throwing bullets at people. That's right. people away. Using mm-hmm. foot to close a giant steel door. I mean, if she hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, are her shoe- shoes made out of uh, super cloak fabric? Because otherwise that shoe should have been shredded when she put her foot in the way of the automatic door. Yeah. Also, that would have hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Um, Yeah, so so if uh, Lena doesn't figure out after this that, you know... Actually, if Lena knew the secret already, she really should have just yelled at Kara, oh, drop drop the act. She should have yelled at Kara during all that. So maybe she doesn't know, but she should after she reviews this incident. Pretty much short of Brainy, for some reason, deciding he needs to scrub the footage. Right. (laughs) Which, now that, like, it, it was interesting seeing him struggling with the fact that he made a mistake. I liked that a lot. He, you know, he couldn't figure out where to tell Kara she could go to be safe to, I mean, to safely change into her Supergirl uh, outfit and then it was like he got hung up on the fact that he was making a mistake and kept um, you know he couldn't move past that and find a way to get her to 
a hidden place. And I just really enjoyed that. Um, you know, of, he was upset and hadn't really processed how upset he was about the pizza shop incident. Um, and then once he made the mistake, he couldn't get past that mistake and kept making more mistakes. And he was like, go this way. No, that won't work. Go that way. No, that won't work either. I was, <laughs> I was like, we're out of time. <laughs> yeah, I just, I feel like he, I feel like Barney was also scared. Yeah. Like, he, he stayed back. He's in a world that he's not super familiar with. Mm-hmm. All of his friends are gone. Suddenly he's just facing this random hatred that he's probably never felt before and there was no reason for it. Right. But I just, I love how Alex was the one to sort of mm -hmm. help him. Yeah. Yeah, that was a nice scene. Yeah, I'm like, I I feel like they're going to figure each other out. But also another thing I noticed is, didn't he, when the inducer stopped working? Mm-hmm. Didn't he look a little pale? I feel like he used to be a, a brighter blue. I don't think so. Or it could just be because it's been a really long time since I've seen him not disguised. <laughs> right. Which reminds me slightly off topic, but my friend was making a bunch of characters in Sims to look like the Percy Jackson characters. <laughs> she showed me one, and my first thought was, that's Brainy from Supergirl. You should look him up. Because <laughs> it looks exactly like Brainy. <laughs> I feel like he's going to grow a lot in this season. I think so. Uh and that's good. Um I'm I'm I really did not want him to just be an emotional punching bag for the or you know the butt of jokes throughout the season. And I think, you know, they've already re revealed that he has some depths. Um and he's realizing that he has some gaps that he needs to grow himself into. Um so I'm um, I'm pleased that they're, you know, taking the time uh, to make him into more of a a real boy <laughs> than yeah. um, than just this wooden computer guy. At the very basic level, I friendship him and Nia because, mm -hmm. like, I just I look forward to just sort of seeing their interactions because I feel like. That's going to be such a great way for them to just grow him socially and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he, he needs to have someone he can have coffee with or whatever. Yeah, and I think it'll also be interesting for her just sort of, like, learning more. And I have a feeling that whenever she comes out to him, he's just going to be like, he, he's not even going to blink. And I feel like that'll be a right. good thing for her. Mm-hmm. Or actually, no, it's going to be really funny if he's like, oh... I knew that. <laughs> oh, by the way, I was kind of expecting her to turn out to be an alien too, and I'm glad that they didn't. I'm glad that they made her transgender instead, you know, yeah. someone who understands difference and hate against difference, but not just another alien. I, I like yeah. that. I thought they were going to go that way too, but I, I'm glad they didn't. Yep. It's like, aliens aren't the only ones that are ostracized. Right. I mean, I know they're a metaphor on this show, but yeah. that does not mean that they should erase all the all the actual people with differences <laughs> on the yeah. show. So, so uh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that they are. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad we have a transgender character on Supergirl now. That's cool. Major points on James for just he, James didn't blink. Right. Right. 
And he, I like how he, like, how he was just like, thank you. Because if, if he had reacted poorly, I would have been like, okay, James, we need to have a sit down, okay? <laughs> well, he, he clearly realizes that that was a brave act for her to tell him that when she was trying to explain why she feels so strongly about the alien issue. And, you know, uh, it, it, it took, took guts for this rookie to tell the CEO, even though he doesn't really act like a CEO most of the time, uh, or editor-in-chief or whatever his title is. <laughs> it took guts for her to tell him, you're wrong about, you know, about... I mean, obviously the the reporting absolutely ought to be balanced, but that doesn't mean that he can't say something on the editorial page. Yeah. I think he's editor-in-chief because I think Alina would be CEO because she doesn't, she still own it. She does. Uh, I forget. I Leave of absence, something. I forget. I mean, James can't possibly be handling the financials, too, but... Uh, I, I, well, the thing is, does she have to be there to handle the financials? I never really understood how that worked, anyway. <laughs> Pretty sure she has people to do that. So, like, I, she's still, like, in charge. She just obviously trusts James more than she trusts most people. Right. Trusts him enough to handle the editorial side, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, does that about cover it? Were there any other points you wanted to address? No. Not that I can see. It just, like, going forward, I kind of... I look forward to seeing... Kara may be trying to find this as Kara as well as a Supergirl. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Both episodes this show, she's she's identified herself in the in the voiceover at the beginning as Kara Zorel, not as Kara Danvers. She's not doing Kara Danvers anymore. Yeah. Even though she still considers uh Alex Danvers her sister. Yeah, I was hoping that they were gonna go back to that after she got through that little crisis she was going through but i guess not no i don't think she is going to go back to it um i think it's part of her character growth that she's you know really accepted both sides yeah both sides and also uh thank goodness she's grown enough to realize that you know being supergirl doesn't mean that she has to repress her emotions and and just try to Try to be a crime-fighting ro- robot or whatever she was thank, trying to do last yeah, season. Thank goodness for. I also I look forward to her sort of connecting and growing with Nia. Yes. Mm-hmm. In that mentor relationship. Yep. I also see kind of like a power friendship there. Mm-hmm. I feel like together they can do a lot of good as reporters. Yeah. Uh, last season we did get the benefit of a lot of female-female friendship. Yes. That I, I do kind of miss that. I wouldn't mind seeing Sam again. Yeah, I I certainly would not mind seeing Sam again. Um, but you know, introducing this new character uh, allows you know a different aspect of friendship, but one that I think uh, is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And uh, so last season I was I mean sorry <laughs> last podcast I was saying that I certainly hope that we will um see more of President Linda Carter being revealed as an alien and that I hoped that we would see some repercussions from it. I wasn't expecting quite this many quite so fast, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I'm certainly glad. I think they uh, they 
followed it up in a, in a really good and convincing way for the most part. Uh, Elcorp follies aside, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I really liked how they followed the alien plotline in this episode. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens next for her. Mm-hmm. Like, is she going to become an advocate? Is she going to sort of like step down? Is she going to kind of like slink into the shadows? Is she going to sort of provide maybe like, because I'm sure she has like a lot of money. So she probably has a pretty good estate somewhere. So maybe she'll open it up and have it as sort of a safe haven. Like there, there's a lot of things that they could do with her. They might not do anything, but it'd be interesting to see if they do. I like the idea of a safe haven. I certainly do not think that she should go out and speak about tolerance because that would just be flame on the fire for, you know, people to say, here's this uh, alien who tricked us all telling us to trust the other aliens. That that wouldn't fly. Yeah, but maybe she'll speak to the aliens. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Because, like, there's a lot of stuff towards the humans, but... You know that the, there are probably going to be some aliens that are just, they're, they're going to be scared too. Right, absolutely. As well they should be. They might start lashing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to need voices addressing them as well, and I'm not sure. Some of them might ignore Kara because she passes as human, just like some of the humans are going to ignore her because she's an alien. Right. Well, I did very much like at the end that uh, Kara did her own editorial column by by video, uh, you know, giving giving her speech to the Catco uh, camera. And mm-hmm. hey, she's finally <laughs> giving her own company a boost <laughs> instead of <laughs> other people, instead of Catco seeing her on somebody else's camera. But anyway, so yes, she's she's on camera saying, you know, I'm an alien. I try to do well. You know, we all need to try and trust each other. Uh, she was a bit more eloquent than I, of course. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I it is. Exact words, but... it, it, it's dark outside. Right. Okay. It doesn't matter where we're born. Character isn't defined by where we're from, but what we do. They yeah. want fear and hate, but I know we're better than that. I'm an alien, but I want what we all want to be a good American. Uh, I thought that was good that they, you know, that, that Kara made the decision to go on camera with her thoughts instead of just trying to lead by example, which clearly has not been enough to quench the flames. I just realized something. Mm-hmm. Does Superman know what's going on? He's still on Argo as far as I know. Apparently he's gonna be get he might be getting his own show. I'm I'm really curious to see if that happens. I hope that they keep the actor that they've had before for Superman on uh Supergirl, because I thought he had just the right tone of... I like him. Uh, frankness and earnestness without being goofy. Um, also, <laughs> you know. he, he, he has a nice face, so there's that. He, he does, yep, yep. Um, okay, so last scene of Supergirl, she's, uh, she was flying, and then the green mist from the kryptonite device hit her, and she went unconscious and was falling to the earth. Of course we know we're going to survive, <laughs> uh, but, you know. I'm just sitting here, like, glaring accusingly at the DEO of, why didn't you make it so no one else can use that? 
why did you just leave it where people could easily find it? Why do you still have it? Why didn't you destroy it? How dumb are you people? Sorry. Right, but none of these questions are answered for us. No. <laughs> uh, so I guess the question is how long will, you know, how, how big a crater will Supergirl leave when she falls? Um, will she lose her powers for a while or anything like that? Or They might have to send her to Argo. Ooh, that would be interesting. Because she, otherwise she'll die. Oh. But then, like, Supergirl's going to be gone, which will sort of boost for the bad guys who maybe... Because maybe the world doesn't realize that the air's not only been laced with lead, but with kryptonite now. Hmm. Oh, that's right. Will she be able to come back? Ooh. All kinds of interesting possibilities. I mean... Pretty much short of them having the same MacGuffin thing that happened with <laughs> Monel and his lead allergy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, Brainy, he can figure it out. Stick Brainy and lean in on room together. I suppose. Give her enough time to adapt to his just personality and the way he works. <laughs> I don't think we've ever seen them in a room together, have we? Or, or interacting together? I don't believe so. Um, oh wait, no. They they were no they they were doing the spaceship together, the the Legion spaceship uh, at the end of last season. Oh yeah. So they have interacted, but clearly not enough. We need to see more of that. <laughs> yes, because I I just I want them to start like going on and on and on about something, and then Eve joined in and Car and like Kara and somebody else just stayed in there. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, despite there being only two of us talking this time, we're coming pretty close to running over time. So, yep. uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, like I said, none that I can think of except for <laughs> we're in trouble. <laughs> well, I'm I'm uh, very pleased with this as a second episode. I think things are developing, uh, you know, bubbling along. I think we're in for an interesting season. Yeah, the story's doing really well pacing-wise. Yep. Like, some of the stuff, it's, like, shocking, but it doesn't feel like they're barreling through it. Mm-hmm. It's just, maybe it's gonna be paced a little faster. Okay, so, um, I would like to thank our audio editor, whoever it may be this time, for, uh, uh patience with our, our, uh... Long-windedness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I would like to uh, thank our listeners, too, uh, uh, for their patience with what will still probably be a fairly long episode. Uh, I'd like to thank The Incomparable for hosting our podcast. And I'd like to thank you, Brianna. Good conversation. Fun. Always happy to be here, even with all the technical difficulties we had getting started. (laughs) Right. Okay, all right. Um, happy, happy watching. And for anyone who wants to continue the conversation, we're on Twitter at SG Supercast, or you can talk to us probably on the TV channel of the Incomparable Slack. Uh, all right, till next time. <laughs>